Welcome to the Extra Pass, brought to you by Phoenix Radio and Internet Sports Media. Here is your host, Matthew Medina. Back from an extended under construction phase and back to sports, we talk Star Wars uh, on the Disputable Take. I'm not sure if that's out. It should be out there, but um, if you wanted to go check that out, you can. Uh, but now it's time to talk some hoops, our bread and butter here. And uh, man, have there been some developments since our last episode, which I think was in September. Um, as a reminder, I'm your host, Matthew Medina. This is the Extra Pass podcast on the Prism Network, brought to you by no sponsors as of yet, but we are working on it. Um, so, where to begin? Well, as always, when it comes to basketball, there is only one person to start with. You guessed it, LeVar Ball. So, I get it. Most everyone hates him, hates him, and I have to admit, some of his decisions do not make him a sympathetic sympathetic person uh, to empathize with, or an easy person to empathize with. Um, but when you break it down, this guy's built a brand and a company for his kids to reap the benefits from. So at the end of the day, and at the end of the day, what he has done has helped his children for the most part. Um, However, let's talk about his latest idea, which is the Junior Basketball Association, which was great. It has a Lonzo Ball silhouette, so as the logo. Anyways, um, I actually think this is his best idea yet. I don't know if he is the person to run it, um, but the idea of a basketball league that kids can go to right out of high school instead of going to college is a great idea. Great idea, excuse me. Let's talk about why it is a great idea. Kids don't have to go to college for a semester. Um for a semester and then are eligible for the NBA. They start earning money immediately out of high school. They're going to be better prepared for the NBA lifestyle by being a professional right out of the gate. They can start to work on their, their game immediately uh, with the basketball coach that strictly is there to coach them. Um, you know, they start working on their craft earlier. No more exams on A squared plus B squared equals C squared because that helps people in life. Um, I just think this gives kids an option. Um, go to school for a semester where you have to take stupid tests for the semester or go straight to the workforce and start making money and hone your craft. Um, now, whether his league works or not, I don't think that's the real story. The story is giving these kids an option in life. My hope is that this works to a degree. Uh, I mean, if it works out perfect, even better. But my hope would be that it were, it forces the NBA to look at the G League and make changes and allow the G League to grow. Um, Allow these kids to be draft eligible. This is how I would set it up. Allow them to be draft eligible out of high school. Okay. But they still need to spend at least one year in the G League if they're going to come to the NBA draft out of high school. Um, this also guarantees that they get some minutes. Uh, there's a, there's too many times in the NBA where you've seen, and you guys can name them. You've, you've watched the league. You guys watch the league. You know what's going on out there. There are so many guys out there that aren't ready but they have to start playing and then they play. And then for after like a month and a half, like they look terrible. And then their coach is like, well, I can't play you anymore at all, ever. And then they don't get minutes. And then the kid's done. Like, and it's like, I don't think people understand. Like it's, you can't be terrible and get to the, the NBA. Like this is the hardest league to get into. So I think allowing them to go to the G League and figure it out there, make some mistakes, learn to be a professional, learn to travel, travel here, travel there, manage your checking account, you know, start managing the money and, and all that stuff comes with it. I think that would help them out. It also would give them less pressure. 
uh, from coming right out of the gate. They go to the G League. It doesn't really matter if their G League team wins or not. Nobody cares if their G League team is winning. Hey, is my guy developing? Yes? Okay, great. So um, I think that would be a benefit. And most of the G League teams, like they're, they're the teams they're uh, affiliated with, they're local. Now, there are about five teams that don't have a G League team. And I know Miami's G League team is in the middle of the country, which makes no sense. So you would ideally you want to have it like in Fort Lauderdale or something like that. But, you know, other than that, like it, it helps out the local team, too, because now the local the fans are still going to be able to see them locally so i think that works out more exposure gets the game out there and uh based off what i've read athletes can go to the g league now if they wanted to okay and they still become draft eligible for the next season however the downside to this is that i believe it penalizes the team that signs them like let's say you know listen just in theory let's use lonzo ball let's say you know the Dallas Mavericks had signed Lonzo Ball to their G League team, and he was really good, and they wanted to keep him. Well, they can't because he can go into the draft, and he gets drafted by someone else. So, you know, the team invested the money into research, uh, researching him, scouting him, and then the payoff is he goes to another team. So I don't really – I don't like that. I think it's kind of like – I like how baseball does it where out of high school, you can – if you get drafted, you can go to the team. And then you go to the minor league and you just work your way up or you go to college for three years and then you're, you're draft eligible again this way it puts you know the team who is drafting you knows there's a risk saying um in baseball you know the team the guy can go to college to college i think in the nba though i think if you're drafted right out of high school like you're you're locked up with that team like you're i don't think you should be college basketball eligible again so that's how i would do it there um and I think this would work. Everybody would be winning. The NBA would be winning because these guys come to their brand quicker. It helps the G League grow, which is better for them. And the only team that's really going to lose is, is, or the only situation, or the only party, I should say, is that's going to lose is the NCAA, which I don't really care about, you don't really care about, and nobody really cares about. So not a big deal. Um I think this I think this idea can work. I don't know if it's with LeVar Ball that, it, that it's going to work, but I do like the idea of, you know, another league where these kids they don't have to travel to to Greece or Lithuania. I mean, whatever. I mean, don't don't send kids out there. Make I would make Europe and the, the rest of the world like options for guys who can't make it in the NBA, which is fine because Rudy Fernandez plays in Europe and I know he can play in the NBA. So um, you know, I, I don't give them, don't give 18 year old kids. They're just not ready to go to Europe. I don't think, you know, Brandon Jennings is like a, is like an exception. I don't think a rule. So, um, I, I think this is a good idea. I don't know if it works. I hope it just changes the way the NBA views the D league or the G league. Excuse me. I know they've already discussed it too, as well as, um, low, getting rid of the one year of eligibility, uh, one year out of high school eligibility. So I would still keep it. I would just have them go to college or go to the G League. So that's my that's my two cents there. Now, let's talk about the association here. And I'm recording this the day after Christmas. So um, I just want to give my pulse on what's going on in the league and how the league is, what, how I think some things will shake out. Um, I want to talk about some of the marquee matchups that were on the Christmas Day um, bonanza. I mean, that's what my family does Christmas Day. We just watch basketball. So... Um, Got to start with the marquee matchup there, the rematch between the Cavs and the Warriors. 
first of all, this was a great game. Uh, Kevin Love delivered for the Cavs, 31 points, 18 boards, 6 of 11 from shooting from three. Jay Crowder had arguably his best game of the season. I, I haven't seen every single Cavs game, but I've seen enough. He's been terrible. You look at his numbers, he's been awful. He was great um, on Christmas Day. Uh, LeBron James, though, struggled under 40% from the field, under 30% from three, under 60% from the free throw. That's just not going to get it done. Uh, against the best team in the world. It's just not going to help out. Just, that's not that's not good enough. He had seven turnovers. Um, Wade and Corver, non-factors in the game. Um, if you are Cleveland, though, there is a bright spot to be taken from this game. You only lost by seven points, and Isaiah Thomas can help out offensively when all these guys struggled. So I think Isaiah Thomas can make up the difference there as far as points. Um, the downside, though, is that in my opinion, the best player in the world did not play, Steph Curry. Uh, Jordan Bell stepped in for Zaza Pachulia. Looked pretty solid for a second-round pick in a huge, huge game. Uh, 8.6 boards in 26 minutes. Uh, but again, it comes down to finals, reigning finals MVP. Kevin Durant delivered yet again against Cleveland. 25 points, 7, seven rebounds, and 5 blocks. I said it during and after the finals. The best center in the league is Kevin Durant. Clay was Clay. You know, Clay, there was a stat I saw, uh, I think it was last week. He averages the same amount of points with Steph Curry and without Steph Curry. Now, it's probably fluctuated a little bit, so I don't think it's the exact same, but it was very eerie how he's just, he's the same guy. He's going to give you exactly what Clay Thompson is going to give you. Give you 20 points, 8 of 15 shooting, I believe it was, a couple threes, good defense. And uh, so Clay was Clay, Dre was Dre, best game of the season so far for Draymond Green, triple-double, looked good, intense, he was just fired up, I mean, he looked like Draymond Green for the playoffs, so, um, and you know what people say, season doesn't start till Christmas, so he probably knows that by now, three straight trips to the finals, I think he understands what it takes to win this league, but he was great yesterday, it was, it was just, it was so awesome to see Dre, uh, Draymond Green, just, just look like Draymond Green from last night. Um, the, the dubs are starting to hit their stride. Uh, they look like the best team in the league, which shocker we all thought they were going to be, um, to the controversy. First, I thought this game was poorly officiated throughout. It was a little, I think the refs may have lost their, may have lost control of the game at some point in time. I mean, it wasn't, I mean, you know, it wasn't malice at the palace, but it was just some odd, an odd technical foul, um, and that the poorly officiating, by the way, has been a common theme throughout this year. And I, I understand why the players are getting mad. Like I would be mad too. So, um, it was some phantom calls, some missed calls, and that last two minutes. I just right before I recorded this podcast, while I was typing up my notes and everything, I went and rewatched those last two minutes. I still don't know what to do with that. When it was ninety five, ninety two Warriors, and LeBron uh, went to the cup late in the game. I believe there was. 57 seconds or 30 seconds something like that left i do believe kevin durant fouled him i was talking about one of the guys that worked today and i said that he didn't foul him i got that play confused with another play um i think he did come across him and um and and whack him across the arm at the one minute 10 second mark where where lebron was coming and he kind of dribbled the ball out of bounds i do not think durant fouled him i think he just stood his ground lebron initiated the contact kind of flopped and trying to kind of threw his body to look like he was getting fouled. I thought that was a good no call. I did think they missed the call there where Kevin Durant. Um, and then the worst part was 
because of the fact that they didn't call the foul, they had to give the ball back to the Warriors because so, Kevin Durant never touched the ball because he was too busy fouling LeBron James. Um, I, you know, it is what it is. Obviously, I'm glad they didn't call it. But it kind of, on Twitter and from Jeff Van Gundy and, and um, um, Mark Jackson on the call and uh, Mike Breen, Mike Breen, um, they started talking about basically replay and how it could, you know, what should you do with replay? Jeff Van Gundy, I disagree wholeheartedly with Jeff Van Gundy. He wants everything to be reviewed. First of all, he doesn't want anything to be reviewed. But if you're going to review something, he might as well review everything. I just disagree. You can't review fouls because fouls are subjective calls anyways. Um, and you just look at look at basketball in itself. When you when you watch guy post-play, like fans are treated to a free MMA fight throughout the whole game. If if anybody goes to the post, like bigs get like slaughtered in the post and they don't call anything. Like you have to it's almost like you have to flagrant foul them just to get a regular foul. And then you look at guard play, you breathe on the guard and they call a foul. So, you know, just looking at that, those are two it's the same game throughout the throughout the game. It's the same players and it's a subjective call. So, you I don't think you can review fouls. I really don't. It's subjective, and it is what it is, and you have to live with the calls. However, um, I, I, I do like replay, and he kind of said at one point, like, how long are we going to wait for this? It was a great game. How long are we going to wait for this to end, blah, blah, blah. If you're getting the call right, get the call right. But, you know, you can't call – you can't replay fouls. What I, I did like, I think he mentioned, if you notice that you missed a call because – I still, that man, Cleveland, they got double screwed, basically. LeBron, Kevin Durant didn't touch the fault, didn't touch the ball. So LeBron, in their eyes, just lost the ball. But he got fouled. I think he did get fouled. And I don't, I don't know how you fix that. It's one of those, you just kind of got to live with it and move on. Maybe you give the ball to the Cavs because we missed a foul call. Um, you know, in a situation like that, I would take a look. At, I, I kind of agree on that one. Hey, we missed the foul call. And because we missed the fall, the ball went out of bounds. But we're gonna we're gonna rectify and give Cleveland the ball. We're not gonna call a foul. We're gonna give Cleveland the ball. So, um, you know, we'll see how, what the league does uh, to um, to look at replay. Overall, type of type of game I expected from these two teams. They got these guys were in it. The crowd was in it. The announcers were in it. I was in it from I was at my parents' house. Everybody was in it. It was, it was a great game. Uh, you give me six to seven games of that in the finals, I think we will all be happy. Uh, I'm going to go over briefly some of the other games here. Good win for Washington at Boston. Wall was great in the second half. He dished out 14 assists uh, for the game. I wouldn't mind him taking less jumpers, but when you're going to give out 14 dimes the way he does, I can live with it. Beal had 25, uh, if a little inefficient, but I like that he grabbed eight rebounds. Listen, I'm going to tell you the truth on Bradley Beal. I remember having a conversation with him or with my friend about him. I was never a huge Bradley Beal guy. And I wonder if it's because he's a Gator and I'm a Seminole. But I kind of put that stuff aside sometimes. I just didn't like him. I didn't think he was like, I didn't think he could shoot. I mean, or not shoot. I didn't think he could score efficiently. He was chucking threes, which is great. But like his, his, his regular field goal percentage was like two points higher than his three point percentage. And it's like, all right, Duke, are you ever going to learn to finish at the rim? <laughs> so um, he balled 
out last in last season's game seven against the Celtic. He listen, he was not the reason they lost that series. He he showed up and I was thoroughly impressed with him. And he's been giving it this year as well. Um you know, even though it was a losing effort, he he won me over in a losing effort. And I don't think you have to win to show me something. You know, if it's if it's always about winning, then you know only one team is successful. I I, I still think a team can learn. Teams, players, organizations can learn even in losing. Um, you know, just like just like Yoda said in the newest Star Wars movie. Oops, spoiler alert! If you didn't see Star Wars, <laughs> um, failure is your best teacher. So I think. I hope the Wizards learn from this. I on paper, I like this team. I really do. Um, Otto Porter looks like a really, really high end third banana. When you have Walden Beal, I mean, he was seven of ten from the field. He hits threes. Um, you know, he's not gonna. He's not the. Te- he's not the guy to be the guy after the guy. If that makes any sense. But like as your third banana. When you're fir- when your first when your top two guys are John Wall and Bradley Beal, you're not gonna get much better than than Otto Porter because he does what he's supposed to do. I mean, he just hey hit open shots. All right, that's what he does. Kelly Oubre was gritty. Uh, I like the way he played yesterday as well. Uh, on paper, I like I said before, on paper I like this team. They keep letting me down in the playoffs. We're gonna see it. We're gonna see. I'm not gonna say they're not gonna do it. Because I don't know. I don't believe in the just because a team hasn't done it that means they're never going to do it. I just don't believe that. Um, once that team has had this run, then you can officially say, okay, yeah, they just they could never do it. Um, but I, I'm going to give them, you know, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I need to see some more. I want to see it in playoffs, preferably. Uh, Rockets and Thunder played an entertaining entertaining game. I only saw like the first half because I had to go to work this morning and I was tired. Uh, I didn't get to watch all of it, like I said. Uh, I checked the box score and I was reading up on it. And it was a tale of two halves for Westbrook. I The part that I saw, Westbrook was terrible. He was 0 for, start, started the game 0 for 7. And uh, he almost shot them out of the game, but Melo was really good. He was on fire to start. Um, Westbrook started 0 for 10, 0 for 7. He finished 10 of 14 in the second half. Um, he finished 12 of 24. So he went from 0 of 7 to 50% from the field. Uh, Paul George had 24 points efficiently as well. Um, I'm not going to say this. I, let me talk about the Rockets for like a second here, and then I'm going to come back to them in just a moment. I don't think it was a huge loss for the Rockets. Um, but I don't know what to do with OKC. I love this team in the offseason. I loved what they did. Um, but they've been so average all season. But now they're 11-3 and three in their last 14 games. Their defense has been pretty good all season. I'm not a huge Billy Donovan fan again, theme of the Gators. But I think they could do better at coach. But it's how do you judge them when Russell Westbrook's your point guard? And if you don't, if you don't get that question, then... Then you all you're consumed those. Then all you care about is triple doubles and numbers. You're not watching the game, so I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I need to watch. I need to watch more. I need more. I need to see two months of this. Like if they can keep this up for two more months, then they have a puncher's chance. They have a chance. Listen, you walk into a series. You have Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Carmelo Anthony. You have a shot. You know, Steven Adams is good. I mean, you have four dudes that can compete against 
five other guys. Like, I mean, they have Andre Roberson, so like their fifth, like it's basically four on five, anyways. Um, we'll see. You know, they're 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 like the Wizards right now. I, I need to see more. I need to see what we have, and um, come playoff time, we'll see if this if this is for real or if or not. But um, you know, nice bounce back going eleven and three in the last 14 games. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Because, unfortunately, this team, I think, is only going to get a one-year run, which is sad. I would love to have seen these guys together for at least two years work out the kinks. Because you're asking, it's basically three guys who, who shoot. So, let's see. Anyways, let's we'll find out. Um, Taking a look at the top of the conferences, uh, Warriors are first in the in the West now, and the, the Raptors... Yes, the Raptors are first in the East. Now, I'm going to be real honest with you. I have not watched the Raptors this year. I've heard they have young guys who were delivering. Um, I have stayed in the past. I think Dwayne Casey is a, a good coach. Um, I'm going to put him on my docket to, to watch a few Raptors games. And um, probably sometime towards the end of next month, I'll have like a, a real accurate assessment of, of who and what they are. But they have a top 10 offense. They have a top 10 defense. Um, that's usually a recipe for success in this league. Um, so we're going to monitor the situation, see what they have, give you some updates on whether they think, whether whether we think they can do some legit damage in the playoffs. I love their first two options. You know, I love Kyle Lowry. I love um, DeMar DeRozan. But let's see if their guys are, are have made the the next step. Again, just because the team can't hasn't done it doesn't mean they can't do it. I always look at the Mavs as an example. I know we all remember they lost the 07 fi- 06 finals to the Heat. And then they made it to the finals in 11. And everybody thought they were going to lose. But, I mean, that team was stacked. You look back and nobody gives that team credit. A lot of people say it's one of the worst title teams ever. I think they're wrong. I think that team was good. They have at least two Hall of Famers on that team. Um, Jason Terry was good. Deshaun Stevenson was a good player at the time. They had Sean Marion, who's a high-quality player. I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer, but he's right, you know, of the guys who can't make it. He's one of those guys that's, like, the best of the guys who couldn't make it. Tyson Chandler was a defensive anchor. J.J. Barea was great off the on the offense. Pasha Stojakovic was on that team. I mean, that team was loaded. Um, and I don't think we give that team enough credit for how good they were. Um coming back to today's game we'll see like i said we're gonna check out the um the raptors as far as the rockets go i'm i'm officially in the camp that believes they can start to do something i think they're am i gonna pick them against the warriors probably not but i think more and more they could do it i'm not saying they will do it i think they could i'm a huge chris paul fan everybody knows that um i think he makes a huge difference if he's healthy if he is healthy and they get to the Western Conference Finals and play the Warriors. Fun, fun, fun Western Conference Finals. Um, I just think Chris Paul is that good. I really do. And I get it. A lot of people are going to vote for James Harden as the MVP because he's got better numbers. But I, I, I don't think it's just about the numbers. Most valuable player is wh- what type of value does it bring this, to this team? And Chris Paul allows James Harden to be to go f- nuclear, and I mean he, Chris Paul just makes the game easier for him. And if you're the recipient, and even though your numbers may look better, 
because of the other player, I think that that means to me the other player is more valuable. That's why I think Steph Curry is more valuable than Kevin Durant. Now, I would have had Kevin Durant as a finals MVP, but if you're telling me who do I think is better, who is the most important piece on the Warriors, it's it's Steph Curry. So just like on the Rapt on the Rockets, I think I think they're undefeated or they've only lost one game with Chris Paul. So I mean, there you go. He's I mean he's just good. He's one of the ten best point guards ever. Probably gonna end up being one of the five best point guards ever. Um, he's just he just he just knows what he's he was born to play basketball. That's it, man. He was born to play basketball, and I'm just glad that I was able to watch him play. All right, so thanks for listening. We're going to try and get back on a more regular schedule now that we have, um, that we're settled in to the new place. We got the recording room set up, got the mic set up, desktop, laptop, two mics, recording, all that good stuff. Um, I'm going to try and see if I can get a YouTube page and record like me playing 2K while you guys are listening to the podcast. I think that'd be kind of cool. But um, let us know. Subscribe on iTunes, give us five star reviews. Um, subscribe on Google Play and SoundCloud. Um, we'd love to hear some feedback, um, but really, we'd just love for you guys to continue listening and subscribing and uh, let us know what you guys think. Again, thanks for the patience for listening, and as always, Pod Don't Lie.